When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to the Chelsea. Here we are. It's that wonderful time of the season again. It's the international break. Do we need it? Is it good for us after the result we've had? Do we need time off? Who knows? Time will reveal all. But yes, it's been a been an interesting week and one of my first guests he's not really a guest, he's the co-host. It's Mr. Andy Saunders, who I came to see before the game and travelled with you, which we'll talk about at greater length because it's quite entertaining. How are you, Andy? I'm all right, thank you. Still finishing off the Chinese. You massively overordered when you came <laughs> and stayed at my house. You were the man of batter and and well-oiled stuff. Luckily, you probably don't have any issues with your uh, cholesterol intake or anything, so that's pretty good, isn't it? No, I'm I'm on the statins now. You set me up for that, didn't you? <laughs> set me up. Set me up for my for my. Um, I'm on I'm on the statins like an old man, like you. <laughs> Except I'm not on statins. Ho ho! How about that? You're so See? screwed. You, they don't even work on you anymore. <laughs> That's almost funny. Look, uh, let's find out if somebody else is finding this humorous or not. Let's find out if somebody else I... is on statins. Uh, Gary is on a load of stuff, lithium probably. Gary, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm just sorry. I'm just emailing a national radio station has come back to me because um, they're gagging for some content that I've got for them. Oh, is this content? Is it, hang on a minute. Isn't your, isn't your OnlyFans behind a paywall? <laughs> Not anymore because no one was paying. <laughs> uh, I, only Dean the Bard was paying and I thought I can't really charge him too much after all those Swedish beers we drank together yeah in fact you've, you've actually alienated quite a few people abroad in your travels I know, I'm, ba- I'm banned from Houston yeah banned from Houston and John um, Houston we have John's a problem John's yeah exactly John's been messaging me having a go 
going, for God's oh, sake, no. stop mentioning me. I don't S- Saying want- to me, you still haven't paid your tab. <laughs> and, um, and Dean the Bard, I was chatting to him earlier. Excellent. And mm-hmm. wh- where's your next port of call, Gary? Because you haven't been away for about four days. Oh, well, you say that. I'm back to America this week. <gasps> Don't tell me. There's another Bruce gig. There is. Oh, how did I On guess? Monday in Washington, D.C. Do you know what? Listeners called in in their droves to say how much they enjoyed no mention of Springsteen last time out. And here did we they? are. Yeah, they did. Really. Thousands. I mean, I'm in America next week, but luckily I'm missing you. So, you know, you're, you're going to be in a different state. You tried really hard to, to uh, get that together, didn't you, Andy? I heard you two talking. You go, oh, no, no, I won't be there. Not there. Yeah, and I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going to be in DC, mate. So I'm going Gary. to New York for a couple of days. Then I'm going down to Asbury Park to hang with my, man, my main men down there. Danny What's Clinch it? and the like. Oh, look, okay. actually, just, just by chance, I'm wearing my Stone Pony T-shirt at the moment. Yeah, but you've only then, got um, 40 of them. And then I'm off to DC with my brother to watch... Um, I mean, you, should get, you should actually get a shirt that just says Totally Pony. <laughs> was... oh, Andy, you want to see something real quick? I just went to pick it up. Look at this. This is always good for radio. Yeah, here we go. All right. right, so we, do you want to talk the, the audience through it? And now Gary. Oh, that's nice. Is that a clinch? No, it, it looks like it, doesn't it? Because I've got it yeah. framed like it. This is actually from Head Vision Art. Headvisionart.com. Oh, yeah. so this is, this is a... Signed a, memorabilia. A colour photograph of Bruce Springsteen in a lovely frame that uh, Kerry has uh, massively overpriced and it's somehow sold, managed to yeah. flog to Gary. Sold to me for an extortion amount. And what you've got in the back there is Niles Lofgren, but then further in the back is Danny Federicius from the Born in the USA tour. Great nice. took that picture? Yeah, who took, who, took, who, who took it, Kerry? You know, you, you said you had the provenance for this. Oh, it's fake. It. Oh, yeah, there you go. All right, my number's changing after this podcast. <laughs> is, it, is, it as, is it as authentic as his Viali signatures that he sells? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's as it, authentic as your knowledge of Chelsea. It, I was, I was I about just, to say, it's, it's authentic as his takes on the game. I, just, <laughs> I, literally, I bought something off of Kerry as well this week. I bought a lovely Shepherd Fairy Debbie Harry uh, print, which is lovely. So... We're Signed both by getting, Debbie, we're Harry both and rinsed. Christine. Yeah. Both getting rinsed by Kerry, who's uh, Do you upgrading, know what? There's, there's another one I'm going to buy off him. Well, I'm going to buy his um, signed Maggie Thatcher photo. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have. I heard you joining in with the Everton fans. Joining in with the Everton fans on the no, Fulham I wasn't, Road. I wasn't. I was complaining. I was like, oh, hey, what are you doing? You can't <laughs> sing that song down here. <laughs> you terrible, horrible Tory. <laughs> I was oh, more offended no. by that than the other songs I was singing about Chelsea. Oh, you are a funny, funny guy. And funny how. Go on, do it. You love doing funny your little... Funny peculiar, yeah. Funny peculiar, yeah. What what kind of funny would you say Gary is, Andy? Oh, just, Hilarious. just he's, yeah, special. Just a special guy. <laughs> just a <laughs> you gotta be very ca- You've got to be very careful these days about making jokes about the neurally diverse. <laughs> I, I, I won't be offended. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay, watch out, he's gearing up. <laughs> I'm, not for worried this about, one. I'm, I'm not worried about offending you, Gary. I'm worried about offending any of our listeners. Yeah, you, let's not you do are, that. You are happy to offend all day long. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we'll get together before a game soon enough and you can be as offensive as you like. So, yeah, this, is, um, this has been, well, 
quite a week, really, isn't it, Gary? Because we've got something, this project that you and I have been working on for the last eight years. <coughs> oh my Genuinely, gosh. it is eight years, you know. I know it. I, I know it. And the terrifying thing, it means that I've known you longer than that. I was um, thinking about this just the other day. I was like, Christ, I've known him and Andy for that long now. Yes, and uh, it's the first yeah, time he uh, met us. We had a massive argument. Do you remember? Yeah, you yeah. called st- Kerry an utter cunt, and um, oh, stormed out. I can't Gary, say that. Gary, <laughs> I did, yeah. but that's not the point. Yeah, the point was Gary was the one who upset you, but you'd only met him, so you took it out on me. <laughs> I was on. I was on very heavy medication. I was reading the other day about about the effects that general anaesthetic have on you. You know, I just literally had an operation on my eye, and um, I came in, and apparently, uh, general anaesthetic can have a a really strange effect on you emotionally for like two weeks afterwards. So I was in a really weird place. I was on tramadol, coming off the back of general anaesthetic, and you must have. I don't know what you thought was happening there, but I literally stormed oh, out the I studio. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> he said, when but what happened, went... I, I remember the exact conversation, because it was the first time I ever appeared on the podcast. Get and, ready for Andy to leave, everyone. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, um, and we were talking about Arsenal, and Andy said something, and Kerry's trying to get a word in. I said, and I'd never met either of you, and I went, oh, Kerry's a bit like Arsenal and Arsene Wenger. He's um, controlling the possession and doing nothing with it. And then Andy just went, Kerry, you utter bleep. And left, and we were like, uh, I remember Kerry just went, Yeah, I think I better go and get him. <laughs> and you said to me, Is it always like this? Yeah. And, and should I tell you who the producer was that day? Go on then. Leon Gorman, Leon Rachinsky Gorman, sorry. Was it? And, Leon. And, and I remember uh. after, I remember after, um, I listened back to it and I said to Kerry, I went, God, that. Uh, the sound engineer did a good job on the edit there because you didn't know when Andy stormed out. I was trying to work out when it was. Yeah, but the interesting thing is he's kept that audio. So it is out there somewhere on a hard drive just waiting for release. And Leon is still our producer all these years later. Exactly. Well, well, does and does should, should we go back to what he's also working on? Yeah, yeah okay, because sorry, he sorry, is working ahead. on... The release, the going from release to the release, the blueprint. Now, this tell is... us all about the blueprint, guys. What let's, for, for those for those <coughs> listeners that that don't know what this is, give us a short summary about what what the what the thinking behind it was. Gary, I'll let you go first, and uh, you can give the basic description. So, this is the story of modern Chelsea, telling the story of how Chelsea went from. Perennial also ran in 1992, right through to winning the Champions League in 2012. So what has taken us, what would take, took Chelsea 20 years to achieve has taken us eight years to produce. Um, so the first interview we ever did for this, so the, the way this started out, right, is um, it was meant to be a series about the rivalry between Chelsea and Barcelona. And because... I, I just thought it was really interesting the way that Chelsea came in and sort of barged Barcelona out of the way and others. And I wanted to make it about that because we've had all these epic battles. And I remember we used to record this podcast over in Old Street. And um, and so what had happened is we'd been doing it in uh, Holborn and we moved over to, uh, to... And I'd been thinking about this for a while. And I sat down with... I used to meet Ke- Kerry before we'd go into... A, there was a little... Uh, coffee shop there you know where they do all the roasting and stuff and I met Ker- Kerry in there and I said look I've got this idea I said and uh, and what happened I'm going to praise Kerry here Andy is that I'd been chatting to you guys and then um, Kerry told me about bananas and I watched it 
and there was just this. It's actually really, really good. I would tell people what bananas is, which yeah. took a, ten years to make. And and I and Kerry said, oh, I should watch this series, this documentary. I did you know because you like documentaries and stuff, and we were getting on. So I bought a copy and watched it, and um, it, it was really, really good. But the one thing that stood out for me was um, the way Kerry had carried this seven-year narrative without, because I hate stuff that has subtitles in and pointers and that whole idea of show don't tell, right? And there was a bit at the beginning where Damon's trying to flick a cigarette in his mouth. And then at the very end, Damon's in the airport and he flicks the cigarette in his mouth and he goes, it only took me seven years to do that. And I was like, he needs to come and do this series with me. I was like, I really like this. I was like, he gets it because he's doing the stuff I want to do. So we sat down and I said, I've got this idea for this series, Kerry. And it had started off as Chelsea Barcelona and then it evolved into um, the blueprint as it is now, where we just agreed, this is too big. The story we want to tell isn't about Chelsea Barcelona. It's about Chelsea because it's not about that. So then the first interview we ever did, I'm looking at it right now, was the 21st of May, 2016. And it was with Frank Lampard. I flew over to New York and I sat down with Lamps after a game. They just played in the Hudson River Derby, New York City FC against the New Jersey Red Bulls. And um, they lost 7-0. And I thought, <laughs> God, I've flown all this way. Lamps isn't going to speak to me. And I went in there and Pirlo was butt naked, getting showered and dried. And David Villa had all the you know, um, ESPN Deportes and um, you know, Univision all around him, interviewing him stuff. And Lamps was just sat there. And he was like... Hey, from Chelsea. I went, yeah. And he's like, you're here to win? Yeah, because you flew all this way. I went, yeah, yeah. And we're chatting. He's like, God, this is, he goes, you live here now. I was like, no, 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 I flew, flew over. Da, da, da. I said, I just want to chat to you about Chelsea Barcelona. So I sat down with him, did this interview in the locker room at Yankee Stadium, all about Chelsea Barcelona and the, um, the controversy around that night in 2005 and then right through to 2012. And that was the first interview we did. And now here we are, 180 interviews on and off the record down the line, um, seven years after the Lamps interview, a year after we started working on it production-wise. Um, and now we're ready to release it with Kerry. Yeah, absolutely. We are with starting it off with a two-part special of Ken Bates. Um, we went to Monaco last summer to interview Ken. This was thanks to a lot of hard work from Gary, who uh, talked to Ken and explained, because Ken doesn't do documentaries. Ken doesn't give interviews anymore. And uh, he, he uh, decided that we could go down and, and see him. So we went over there, sat down with him, and he gave us chapter and verse on his time at Chelsea, his thoughts on Chelsea, and, and covered just about every subject that you would ever want to hear about. How so, old's Ken now? 91. 91. And actually, there, there, there is a, a little story about this, uh, that when we got there, because Ken had suggested a hotel that we could stay in, and he said, oh, I'll sort it out. But it, we couldn't work out whether he meant he'd sort it out and take care of the bill, or he'll sort it out and book the room, which is normally not... Um, a thing you'd worry about but when we looked at the price of the room it was like 680 pounds per person because per we were night. there on the, we were there on the weekend of the formula e grand prix yeah <laughs> so so we thought we, we we jackie my wife and i had a look round on um 
on one of the websites to find an apartment. And uh, we found this amazing two bedroom flat with sea views and it was 70 quid a night. And we're going, righto, that's more up our street. And uh, so Gary then spoke to, to Ken and, and told him where we were and said, we'll come up to you. He said, no, 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 we'll come down to you. They had so the builders in. They had the they builders had the in, build- in his apartment. Exactly. So we we get to, dropped off by the taxi from the airport. Oh, no, you were driving, weren't you? We, we drove there and we got to where this address was. And we said, it is easy access, isn't it? And the guy who owned it said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's no problem. Anyway, we get to this place and there's just this gap in a wall. And then you look down and there was how many steps were there? You counted I, I, them. I always remember because the, the steps up to the old Royal Box at Wembley, were, there was 39 steps and this was 39 steps. And, and they were really steep and really high. And we, we were going, oh, my God, I hope this isn't going to be a problem. And anyway, Ken turned so what, up. So what happened, though, is um, Ken's PA, I messaged her and I sent her a video and pictures of it. And she went, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Sorry, Gary, uh, you carry that, on. That's right. And anyway, he turns up the, the next day and he gets out of his car with his wife, Susanna, and he gets to the top and he looks down and he says, are you serious? I'm bleep 91 years of age. Well, ni- it was 90 at the time, 90, weren't it? 90, yeah. But, um, then I, but then I made the joke as well and I went, Ken, it's like the Royal Box, there's 39 steps. And he went... I'll have you know, I was sat in the Royal Box having my dinner. I don't have to walk up those effing steps. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. Sorry, so, Kerry, I know I'm so, jumping in. So, Ke- right. so, so Ken, Ken was a, a fairly divisive, some would say Marmite character for a lot of people. What would you say to people who say, well, I'm not really interested in Ken Bates and never liked the bloke? I would I mean, say... It's not, it's not something I want to listen to. I would say if you want to understand modern Chelsea, regardless of what you think of him as a character... Listen to this interview we've done. It's in two parts. Uh, we didn't want it, people to have to sit down for an hour and a half to to listen to it. So we cut it into two parts. I would say listen to it. And regardless of your opinion of Mr. Bates, um, modern Chelsea wouldn't exist in the way it does without him. And, yeah, um, and, and I'd also say it will still be a divisive interview. People will take what they want There's stuff in there that it. people aren't going to like. Um, but the key to it is that, as and we're releasing it, in partnership with a um, a respected newspaper tomorrow and with a respected journalist. And they, they build it as the most in-depth and candid interview Ken Bates has ever done about Chelsea. Uh, that, that's their words, not ours. Um, but then as and he's, he's it, not doing think, any others, is he? No, no. not doing any others. And um, they, people even called him and said, will you do it? And he said, I've spoken to a chap called Gary Hayes. I suggest you call him and if you want any quotes. Um so I would say to anyone, look, just listen to it. Give him the benefit of the doubt. And what I will say is Kerry and I produced this completely without bias. And there's going to be a lot of stuff in there that is revelatory that people don't like hearing, that they're not going to like hearing. However, um, when the full series comes out, the rest of the story from the other side of stuff that Ken talks about will be covered um, because we've spoken to the likes of Glenn Hoddle, people close to the Matthew, uh, to Matthew Harding and his family, um, and other people around the sale to Abramovich and whatnot. But um, I would say we've completely, yeah, so we, we're putting it out there and we're just saying when it comes to, you know, Ken, we're putting it out there without bias. You make your own mind up. You can hear both sides and you decide what you want to believe, what you like, what you don't like. 
Um, but what I would say is, and I don't know how Kerry feels about this, but to get this interview, he called me every day for about two months. And I had a lot of people that are very close to me do me a solid and tell him, Gary can be trusted. He's not going to throw you under the bus. He's not going to, he's not looking for scandal. He's not going to do this. And he, I built up a relationship with him over two months where I earned his trust. Um, and on the back of that, what I would say is that there's some stuff about him that is a little bit controversial, but on the whole, I really like him. And that's because I guess I've got to know him in a way that people don't necessarily. But one thing I love about Ken Bates is that the club that we support would not be the club it is today without him. And that's just, that is the plain truth. That's everything about it from the CPO to, you know, even stuff that people don't think about. It goes on, on about in the interview is, um, I knew this before and I don't know where I heard it, but I don't think it is public because you didn't really know about it, did you, Kerry? But the way that he fought for equity on TV contracts to stop Man United and Arsenal taking the Premier League and take it doing what Real Madrid and Barcelona, done, Barcelona have done in Spain. Yeah, the I, Premier I League think, exists because of him and Ron Nodes. Yeah, I, I think there's, a, there's an awful lot of content in it, Andy, that I think people will find fascinating. Um, and yet, look, it will be, as I said, divisive. Uh, I found him a curious character. There were certain things that he obviously wanted to get off his chest. He had a, a little book, well, quite a big book with him, of lots of notes and things that he wanted to get across. And we listened, we recorded, and I think people will be fascinated by what they hear. He, he is Mr. Chelsea from that period, without a doubt. So, where can people hear this when when can they hear it what's the what's the lowdown on that so it's coming out um this week well if you're listening to this well okay anyone can listen to this all week it's coming out on tuesday the 21st of march it is going to be released at 10 a.m across all streaming platforms for your podcast what we ask you to do is search the blueprint how chelsea fc changed football because that's how you'll find it um, because while it's just being released, it's always difficult to get ahead of the algorithms. However, if you follow me on Twitter, Gary at Gary Hayes, two R's in Gary Hayes, all one word. Or if you follow Kerry, what's your handle, Kerry? At Kerry Levy, C-E-R-I-L-E-V-Y. Spelt wrong. Or if you follow the blueprint, which is blueprint underscore doc, then you'll be able to see all the necessary no, links there. blueprint underscore pod. Sorry, underscore pod. Yes, sorry, because it was underscore doc initially. So if you go there to find us, um, uh, but then if you keep your eye out in the media, you're going to see a lot of coverage hopefully this week. Um, but that's where people will be able to listen to it. And what we're doing is we're launching the first two episodes as the Ken Bates tapes, and then the full narrative series will follow in May. But, and this is a big but, if Chelsea make it, to the Champions League final, which is on June the 10th, we'll we put will delay release because we don't want to get lost in the news cycle and get in the way of Chelsea getting to the Champions League. So hopefully it's going to come out at the end of June. Um, but it's probably going to come out at the end of May. Um, and just, yeah, look it up. How The blueprint, how Chelsea FC changed football. And one thing that we're keen to stress of it is that this isn't just some archive that's been pieced together of a few talking heads. This is genuine insight stories that you have not heard anywhere and I don't say this to sound 
arrogant about anything that I know more than other people because I don't claim to. But we've done interviews with people and there's stuff that even I didn't know about even when I was Gary at, didn't no, know. but when I was at the club, when I was working at the club, that I was like, I was there and this was happening. So I phoned people at the club and said, "Did you know this?" Because person X has just told us that, and they're like, "I never even knew that." Stuff even down to what was going on in the dressing room before the Champions League final. Literally thirty minutes before the Don't Champions give League it final. All away. No, I'm it. not. I'm not. Stuff that was going on where they didn't want Bayern Munich to see certain things. And it's just incredible. So right from 92 up to 2012, we tell the full forensic story of Chelsea Football Club and set it up um, so that people can understand their club in a different way and understand this idea that Chelsea have got no history. Well, Chelsea's history might be modern. I know you're giving me it, but look, I'll just, this is eight years for me. I know. It this is, is eight me. years for me. And, Absolutely. Um, and but the, the, the one thing I'll say as well, the, the, just quickly, is... Um, just one thing, right? Or yeah, no, no, because I, I, I just want to add to it, is that the reason it's taken eight years as well, and I feel like I've got to say this, is because um, I'm so shit scared no one's going to like it. So please, if you don't like it, don't tell me. If you'd like it, tell me. But I Gary, am so scared Gary, no one's going to like it. I, I, I genuinely don't think that's going to be an issue. And I know we, we, we have a bit of banter and we, we take the mickey out of each other, but I think this is going to be an amazing piece I of work and, and, and an incredible archive of, as you say, interviews with people who were there at the time. You're a great interviewer. Kerry's a great interview. It'll be edited really well. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. I genuinely can't wait to hear it. So, so I, you know, I can only say, uh, obviously, I'm in it, so it's going to be brilliant unless you cut me out for bants. <laughs> Um, we, we, we cut you out and we spoke to Harry and he's in instead <laughs> well, he knows more than me but um, I, I genuinely think it's going to be really good so looking forward to hearing the Kembait stuff uh, tomorrow and then obviously the full series uh, in a couple of months or yeah in a couple of months so uh, you know and people are going to like it Gary it's not going to be an issue yeah, we're going to make sure that it's absolutely wonderful. And I get goosebumps every time I go and explore when we're working on an episode, knowing who's coming up, going back and listening to these these interviews. And you go, oh, my God, I forgot we got that. And that's what it is. It's, it's a voyage of discovery. So let's move on. Right, we should get to the Everton game. So let's go to a commercial break and we'll be back after this. And we're back to normal with the chills. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And we're back. Right, Andy, here we were. Everton, train strike. Another train strike. And you said, why don't you come down to me and then we'll drive to Cockfosters and we'll make our way down. And 
What an epic journey. I found my road, the A1, was closed in several places, got to you. It took two and a half hours as opposed to an hour and a half. And then we drove to Cockfosters. And we just constantly, it was the wrong train, everything that happened. Do you remember what happened at Cockfosters? They told us that the, the adjacent train would be leaving first and we all got on the adjacent train and they sodded off. So yeah. And then we sat there for another 10 minutes and then we got on the tube at, um, uh, at Earl's, uh, Court. Earl's Court and then that, we had to wait 10 minutes for that. And then, yeah, we were like, I think we missed about a minute and a half of the start of the game, didn't we? But yeah, we got yeah. there in the end. Yes. It, you we thought, soldiered well, on. We did indeed. And we thought, well... We're going to get a good reward today, hopefully. But, Didn't help um, with your old man ambling up from the tube. Could have jogged. <laughs> well, could have jogged. Knee, oh, yeah. my knee. Gary, honestly. It, honestly, yeah, you should have I heard the whining. About, oh, yeah, I hear but, it all the time, Andy. Oh, it, you should talk. Andy, you're always going, oh, my meniscus. You, my you, know, meniscus you know what he said hurts. to me the other day as well? I, was, I said to him, I goes, I'm well fitter than you, Kerry. And he went, oh, all right, mate. I had my heart pulled out of my chest. <laughs> Well, it's actually true, isn't it? So, I think that's a pretty, pretty uh, so God, solid... I goes, Kerry, that was nearly two years ago, mate. Give it up. Yeah, oh, give it up, mate. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what? Are you saying sympathy is finally oh, over? Oh, I had a There was heart no sympathy in the first oh, place. I had a heart attack. Get over it, Gary. Convert, oh, Kerry. Jesus. Oh, I had cancer. Oh, come on. I had a cold the other week, mate. So boring, Kerry. <laughs> Right, okay, right. Anyway, that's the end of the Chelsea this week. <laughs> so anyway, we're at the ground, finally. We're finally at the ground. and I was sat there waiting for Kerry to turn up and then Andy appeared. Yeah, in the wrong seat. Everything was wrong. The wrong train, the wrong seat. It was the whole thing. Gary, when you saw that side... It looked pretty much what we expected. A couple of changes. Reese James had come back in and Christian Pulisic gets his first start in months and months. But you thought, OK, this looks pretty good. What did you make of it when you saw that? Uh, Andy, of course, doesn't like Pulisic much these days. I'll tell you, he does like Pulisic. He's the manager. Uh, Harry <laughs> likes him as well. See, I, I know I'm... See, with, with Pulisic, I, I've got the vision of the first season, right? And I know I've got to give it up. But so I like him for that because I'm like, I know you've got it. And I know you've been miserable because of Tuchel. But at the same time, he's the worst. He's so miserable in mix zones as you experience, Kerry. Hey, yeah. no, I ain't even talking to you now, now. Um, so I've got mixed feelings about him. <laughs> if only him, but... he'd said that much to us. Oh, no, actually, yeah. <laughs> but he was thinking it as he walked past. I heard his thoughts. Um, just completely blanked us and then went and hung out with um, the NFL player. Uh, yeah, so um, I thought it was a good team and um, I was happy to see Pulisic play because pff, look, he's, he's coming into the last year of his contract as well, isn't he? Um, or has he got two left, two two left on it? So, yeah. so it's, a, it's a pivotal moment for him because they've either got to sell him now or he's going to hang about. But um, I just think if he... If he plays, and, it, and there were flashes of it, right, in that first half. We, we were both saying it, weren't we, Kerry? It was getting the ball and it was actually running at players again. He got some joy at times, but he's still you know, working his way back into some form and whatnot. But um, generally with the team, I, I was happy with the team. Um, although as the game wore on, I just thought, why are we playing two players? That And when you look at the heat maps as well, you just look in, you think, why were those two central midfielders sitting deeper when Everton weren't going to offer? There was no midfield battle to be had. It was just all going to happen in their in their final third, in, or their defensive third, our attacking third of the pitch, and so maybe we needed a bit more creativity in there. But I just think generally it wasn't 
It wasn't a bad team. It was a team that should have won that game. Yeah, and, and Andy, I mean, on the whole, it, it, this was nothing to get totally upset about. I mean, we are in a strange position. We're 10th. We're not going to make Champions League. We're not going to get relegated. Do we care about Europa League or Europa Conference or whatever it's called? Probably not. So it's kind of a bit of a confusing stage of the season for us, really. But, you know, there were things that we could we could like in that performance, weren't there? I, people getting upset about it, it drives me crazy. Yeah, listen, I thought the first half there were <coughs> real, really good moments. And I thought Xiao Felix was operating on a different plane to everybody else. I thought he was fantastic. There were moments from Pulisic. I mean, listen, I, I'm just, I just find him a highly, highly frustrating player. I don't think that he impacts games. I think, you know, he's, he's a, a, a sort of classic... You know, that word flashes, you know, we've used that so many times on this programme. You know, he shows flashes of it. He'll go past someone or he'll, you know, he'll he'll turn on the pace um, and then he'll go down injured and, you know, almost get stretched off by for getting hit by the ball. You know, I mean, he's a, just a bit of a lightweight and I just don't think he's enjoying playing football. He doesn't play with any joie de vivre. He doesn't play with any sense of you know, sort of fun or, or or exuberance, which is kind of what you want from creative players. I just think he goes on with the world, you know, weight of the world on his shoulders and tries too hard and, and ends up ultimately not really impacting the game. So I'm kind of done with Pulisic, if I'm honest. Um, and I think it's probably better that he goes to a club where, you know, that he can show off some of his strengths in an environment that's going to suit him better because I don't think it's going to be Chelsea Football Club. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just in terms of the overall game, I think that, uh, but although you, know, you have to say his finish was good for that goal that was disallowed and it wasn't him that was offside. Yeah, but he everybody had stopped. That. You know, everybody had stopped and I just think they knew it was offside. You know, yeah, great. But it, again, it didn't really impact the game. So um, I think that uh, in the first half, it, there was lots to like and I thought we bossed it. Uh, we were on the front foot. We, you know, we created chances. We never really looked particularly threatening from open play. We still have the major issue of the final third and the penetration in that final third and the positioning. But there were moments um, and I, I was sitting in my seat feeling comfortable and thinking, well, this is, you know, it's only a matter of time before we before we score. And, and of course we did. And, um, you know, and everything was looking rosy. And then what we'd, I think what, what all of us discussed was the danger from set pieces. You know, a set piece comes along. We don't particularly defend it very well. And uh, and we concede, uh, but then we manage to you know show some character, win a penalty. Rich James wins a penalty. Kai Havertz takes it brilliantly, scores the goal, and then we're into that kind of final bit of the game where Potter opts to go defensive and bring some defensive subs on, which subsequently has caused a major meltdown within our fans who you know have derided him for that and basically you know questioned why he did that, and 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 for them that's what lost us the game. But I have a completely different view of that. I don't think there's anything wrong with with going defensive it's what Jose Mourinho did time and time again it's what other Chelsea managers have done time and time again it didn't work this time but the reason it didn't work was not because of the substitutions one of course which was enforced because Fafana was injured although everybody went very early on the what the hell's the manager doing um what what lost us the game was a catastrophic individual error from uh from Koulibaly and and compounded by some poor goalkeeping by Kepa we were seeing that game out in the 90th minute it was fair to assume that with the players on the pitch under not really much pressure if everybody had kept their head and the players had done their jobs then we would have been absolutely fine so to turn around and say it's the subs that lost us the game I just think that's incredibly reductive and wrong 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's a full match report from you there. Right Sorry, there. You I encapsulated just it. Kind of, no, no, it's I great. Couldn't figure, I, I, couldn't figure, I couldn't figure out a way to get to what I wanted to say quicker. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I, th- I think you've encapsulated the major points. I think we can break them down because, you know, there's been a lot of talk about... Let's take Kepper, for example, to start with. People have been saying, oh, he's got himself back in the good books. He's starting to show form. And then we've seen over the last couple of weeks errors from him that just make you go, no, we are not going to be the side we need to be until we address the issue and get someone of the stature or grows into the stature of a Czech or a Courtois. You know, somebody who only has to do one or two things in a match, but they do them. And Kepa had nothing to do really in that game and he picks the ball out the net twice. And I think... As much as we try and support him, you just think, as you would say, Andy, there's a position we can upgrade upon. I mean, what's your thoughts on, on Kepper, Gary? Uh, not convinced, but the problem is, is that um, he's on 170 a week, and that's a massive salary. And um, you know, I, I did London is blue yesterday, and we were talking about it, and they said, yeah, but you know, maybe he's cashed in on Chelsea for five years, and he'll. No, he's going to stay there. Why, why would he leave Chelsea? What, to, for the greater good? To go play football somewhere else where he's probably going to take a hundred grand a week cut to go there. You know, you, you put the, the simple maths together, that's 400 grand a month. That's what? Five million a year nearly. What? Just to go play football somewhere nice. He's sit, He's at Chelsea for the, the next two years of his deal. Um, and the, that's the problem that we're inheriting from the previous regime um, where... They got caught cold with Courtois, which I don't know how they did because they knew Courtois was going to be angling for a you know a move that summer, so they should have been better prepared for it. Um, so I think Chelsea's stuck with him. Um, he's not a number one. I think he's got to stay number one between now and the end of the season because who knows where Mendy is? But Mendy, I, I just look into think you know what, what you put Mendy in, you get a bigger goalkeeper, but you get one that's terrible with his feet and causes a lot of problems. You put Kepper in, you got a keeper who flaps at everything, but is better with his feet. Maybe if you if they had a baby, you'd get a good number one, right? But um, so I, I don't think that he's the solution long term. He's got to stay the, the keeper now between now and the end of the season. But in the summer, they've got to find a new. I saw today Chelsea have been linked with Anana, um, who had been at Ajax before. He's a good keeper. We've been linked with a keeper at Leeds. I, I do and Raya think they, at Brentford. Yeah, I, I think what I need to do is um, he's only was he nineteen, Slanina. Um, I, I, I knew him before. Him on slowly, yeah, aren't they? yeah. No, so I, I knew him before from MLS when he was um, a Chicago Fire, and um, he looks a keeper that's got potential, but he's not a number one yet. And what I think what they've got to do is find some way of blooding him while having a number one that's going to help him come through. Um, we'll do what we did with Cosmo, another... send him out on loan and get him to play a lot and then bring him back when he's oven ready. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or, you know, but, which, which worked uh, really well with Courtois, didn't he? He went out on loan and you know came back well, as, the, as the finished article. The, the, well, the only thing is he say... liked it so much in Madrid, he didn't want to come back. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he, I he mean, got, he he got actually... Stockholm syndrome, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he did actually end up going, I think, for one year too long because he was over there for three years. Mm. And it, I think it, it kind of, he never had the oh, I'm coming back to my my club, because he was never long with <coughs> us at the beginning, no. goes there. It's like, I, d- I don't know. I just And there was never that rapport with him. He, he yeah. never felt like a 
Chelsea player in a weird way, as brilliant a keeper as he was. But it, and, and he didn't really buy in. It's almost like that Bob Dylan song, Mississippi, on the Love and Theft album. Um, but um, yeah, I just think that with Kepper. Oh, was that a um, bet? Did you do that for a bet? What's that? Make that terrible Bob Dylan reference. What do you mean? Well, did some, has, somebody, has somebody bet you that you can't introduce like no, a no. really obscure Bob Dylan reference into no, the no. Chelsea podcast? Kerry just said about him staying at Madrid for a year too long. And the, the lyric in the song is, only one thing I did wrong, stayed in Mississippi a day too long. Yeah, but it wasn't Madrid, was it? No, but so, 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 that's what I'm saying. It's like the song Mississippi. It's not the same. I'm sorry I'm cultured seriously. and I listen to incredible music. <laughs> Love and Theft, 2001, incredible album. <laughs> Look, absolutely. Yeah. Look, we get it. We know where you're coming look, from. Look, Mendy doesn't want to be there either. Let's be honest. He, yeah, let, he's him, let, him, he, let him go this summer. You know, I'll, but then I'll what twi- he needs to I'll do is need... twiggle digits. You know, I mean, he's like, you know, he's got a broken finger. And, you know, we don't know what the whether that's the main thing or whether it's his mental attitude. But here's the question I wanted to ask about Kepper, Gary. How tall is Kepper? Six foot one. How, how tall is Kepper, Gary? Six foot two, because Gary <laughs> told me six yeah. foot two. He's clearly not, though, is he? He's clearly not that tall. If he's six do, foot, do you think I'll he's like one of those guys on dating apps that he's like, oh, yeah, I'm six foot five, and he turns up and he's five foot two? I think his agent, <laughs> I think his agent has, has, has basically convinced Chelsea that he's six foot two. There's no way he is. You just have to literally use your eyes. But it's well, funny, actually, Andy, Kerry, we, we, you met him the other week, and you—he's a foot taller than you, isn't he? You Kerry's right five foot four. He's never gonna. He's never gonna. <laughs> Kerry's five foot six two. foot four. <laughs> Kerry, Kerry is, is no judge of a person's height. Uh, well, you know, it, look, we looked up the other day online. Well, you always look I've, up. No, no. Well, oh, 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 that, <laughs> that's funny that, coming from Andy. From Andy, Andy <laughs> cracks joke. That's funny, shocker. Um, we looked up the other day, and there was three heights for him. We found five foot eleven, six foot one, and six foot two. Well, there you who, go. Who was that? Uh, on Kepper. That yeah, no. But, but who was look? I oh, was I looking up with you? Oh, maybe it was with you. Yeah. I don't remember and that. we found three different heights for him. I thought it was with Andy when I was around there. Yeah, it must have been with Andy when you're ordering all that Chinese. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Find something to do before we send the Honest boy out to pick Monosodium it up. glutamate buzz. Um, I remember Ooh, first so time I, saw- I'm looking at Kepper now on the Chelsea website, and he is six foot two, one no. meter eighty nine. Literally, no chance he's that. I remember sitting there with Harry, my son, in I think the first game he said, he, he, he said, no way he's over six foot. And he looked like a, he, he, he doesn't, he just doesn't look over six foot. He doesn't. But that's, that's the problem with him though. He's got no presence. That's why. Mm. Yeah. He's actually a very tall man who stands in a short way. Yeah. That is it. <laughs> Every time, I mean, that is a major issue at, at set pieces, corners. You know, he doesn't have any. And when you've had goalkeepers like Courtois, who was superb in those situations, Czech, who I don't think was ever really great on crosses, but was a presence. And you've had those players in, in goal for so long, and you have someone who just doesn't command the area. It is really noticeable. Yeah, it is. And we, and we, the best keepers we've had have always been bullish in the box. They've owned the box, you know. They'll come for things. As you say, Gary, there, there is a feeling, I think, sometimes that Kepper doesn't like to come out too much, especially on the ground. He doesn't want to get, get whacked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You see, like, so. the goal we conceded against City where the ball got put across him and he does this little thing where he goes to dive for it and then puts his hand down and pivots. It's like, mm. what are you doing? Just put your hand he down almost, and flick He the ball almost and grab did it. that. He almost did that on Saturday as well with one. Yeah, and 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 Kulib, I mean, let's move off Kepa because I think it's it's obviously an agreed point. This, but 
Koulibaly has done so much good in the last few weeks. And yet in that Everton game, you had the warning sign when he got the yellow card for sliding in recklessly just outside the box. And then not long after, he gets it so horribly wrong with the the attacker. And it, it was just really dreadful, dreadful defending. And I thought he got rid of that. And I don't know what it is, but maybe... So it was just like brain fade, wasn't it? It was just ridiculous. I mean, it was amateur, amateur stuff. And I, I was kind of shocked at it. I mean, Gary, you and I were sat together and we just looked at each other. I can't believe he's done that. Our jaws had dropped. Yeah, they really had, hadn't they? I mean, I've, it, w- I've watched it. I've watched it several times. I have looked yet. I have and several times. I've slowed it down, whatever. I mean, first of all, it's a terrible kick by Kepper, you know, and he panics a little bit. The ball comes back in. What people aren't mentioning is how Enzo is terribly out of position. The decor has gone beyond Enzo. So he's in loads of space. And the problem with Koulibaly is, and what he was doing at the beginning of his stint at Chelsea was diving in, just like diving in and with the confidence that he's going to win the ball. So he goes to dive in on Sims, realises that he's not going to get there, gets his and body he's sh- on a yellow card. And he's but on the, the yellow card. Thing. Gets his body shape all wrong. He's already on the on the edge of the eighteen yard area. By the time he's tried to turn, he's off balance. At which point Sims has got a clear shot of goal, and then you know Kepper doesn't cover himself in glory. But you know it's a it's a catalogue of individual errors. It's not to do with the subs. It's not to do with the fact that we bought on Conor Gallagher for Pulisic. Now you might agree. You might want to say let's put some attacking subs on. Let's go for three one rather than two one, and that's perfectly fine. I wouldn't massively disagree with you. But what I do disagree with is those subs causing the loss. They didn't. It was a catastrophic individual error and a player being out of position. You cannot, in my opinion, put that at the feet of the manager. No, and actually, it's it's three errors <coughs> from three players who started the game. Enzo in the first place, because you're mm. absolutely right about that. Then Koulibaly, and then for me, Kepa. And and those things have got to be eradicated. It's got nothing to do with Fafana going on. People say, oh, well, if Fafana had been there, he'd have been by him. No, Chalabar had come on. He was doing his job anyway. He was taking the guy out wide, um, the one at, who was out there. So everyone is in the right positions. It was just terrible decision-making. If, if Enzo had been closer to Decore, he probably wouldn't have had a clearer you know, pass exactly. to, to Sims. If, if, uh, if Koulibaly had, had stood off him, and he was going away from goal anyway, and just shepherded him in way, it would have been fine. It was just one of those moments where you know, Koulibaly got it wrong. And you know, he's a human being. He makes mistakes. He's not a robot. This, this is what happens. And I think what, what really depressed me a little bit was people just using it to further an agenda about the manager and I'm fine with that I'm fine with people saying I don't want the manager to stay I don't rate the manager I don't like the manager I'd have an, I'd rather have another manager that's perfectly fine but you know don't don't you know don't use this situation as a stick to beat him with in this case because I genuinely don't think it's relevant or appropriate yeah, no, I think I mean, it's, it's, it's credit where credit's due criticism where criticism's due right? absolutely. I'd like to make a point about this team yeah. as well um, so th- this is the other thing I think we've got to consider, right? There's there's so many factors. You know, there's a, there's a million new players, there's new owners, there's new manager, everything. But then one thing that is I don't think enough people talk about, right, is the age of this team. So the average yeah. age was like 25 or whatever, right? But then that's only because Kepa, Kovacic and um, Koulibaly. Uh, Koulibaly drag it up. Yeah. So w- we played the game with, uh, sorry, I've, I've got this written down. Uh, I think it was seven players started who were 
24 or under. That yeah. is a young, young team. That is a team that has got to learn to be streetwise. That's a team that's got to learn how to close games out. That's a team that's got to learn how to deal with Sean Dyche teams, right? That's a team that, especially with players that have come over from abroad as well, that are getting used to the fact that Deitch likes putting up, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's a, like an Allardyce team, a Poolis team, right? So you look at it where you had um, Baddy Shields twenty one, Fafana's twenty two, Enzo's twenty two, uh, Chilwell twenty six, um, Reese James twenty three, Pulisic twenty four. Um, it's Havertz no, is twenty three. Yeah. So yeah. so you look at it and, you, and you know, Felix is twenty three, right? So you look at there's so many young players there, and collectively they've probably got a lot of games. But still, so it, it, does that go down to a lack of leadership as well? Then should there be some old heads in there, kind of providing some some leadership? Yeah, I think there's too much of one thing. Hmm. Yeah, there's no I balance. agree. I agree. There's no agree. balance. That's I think that's what you're seeing. It's not the only reason, right? This, I'm not trying to give the but manager Gary, a free pass here or whatever, but there's too much of one thing. And would you not say also the problem is the older players we've got who can go in the team at the moment are not confident necessarily about their place, their ability. They get like Koulibaly. If this was Napoli, you'd expect him to understand how to see the game out and be able to communicate with everyone. But he's unsure of his own game. So he can't be the, the sort of grand leader. I mean, at the end of the day, he's only 31 or anything anyway. Yeah, he's 31. So, so, you know, it, he's he's finding his way in this game. So we haven't got anyone who's been well... Ver- there's no Azpilicueta in well, that there's no side spine. The I think that's what there's, it is. There's no spine. and But the spine is forming. The yeah, spine is exactly. forming. You see what I mean? We're in the fetal stage of this team. I agree. And but the other thing about Koulibaly... To, I mean, a, lot, a lot of people said as well, well, a manager picks the team. It's like, well, yeah, but Koulibaly had played four immaculate games before that. I exactly. Think Koulibaly had been, you know, one of our real standout players in, in four yeah. really good performances before that. So I don't think you can turn around and say, well, he picks the team and therefore he's he, he's Yeah, but then he picks the team and his best defender's not available anyway. I, 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 you know, I'm not saying this to... His best defender's not available. And, and, but yeah. and, and, his, and, and, and his other, you know, really good defender goes off injured with five minutes to go. You know, and it's, but, it doesn't help. You know, with the balance of the back four. If, if Silver's playing, that goal doesn't go in, right? Because also, what you got to understand is that Silver's used to playing in that in a back three like that. He's done it a lot. Um, he did it under Lampard. He did it under Tuchel. Correct me if I'm wrong. Koulibaly didn't play like that for Napoli in terms of playing in the centre. So you see, he's he's probably out of position because you see, he gets his body all contorted as well, and he sort of starts spinning around and everything. Yeah, which he's gives massively off balance. Him. Massively um, off balance. Whereas I think you see Thiago Silva when he plays there, he knows how to read the game in those positions. Um, so look, there's individual errors that cost Chelsea, but I think collectively, you can't. Uh, and again, look, I, I always say I don't know what it was like on TV when you're watching it live, but. We were saying in the first half, especially Kerry, because they were attacking our end where we could see it more. I was excited by the runs players were making off the ball. A lot yeah. of the time when, when I watch a game, I watch the, what's, whoever's got the ball, I'm not watching. I'm watching what the others are doing off it. And I think, and look, I'm not going to get too deep in stats and stuff, but just quickly, in a couple of years, I think this performance that Chelsea had with the players and the way they played would be spoken about differently in a couple of years when all the new metrics are more part of the game, the stuff that Wenger's introducing at, at FIFA, the way they're talking about the stats of players showing for the ball and whatnot, talking about, um, you know, 
because the average pl- the, the player on average has the ball for about one minute and 50 seconds in a game and we judge them on everything to do it out and what Wenger's doing at FIFA is they're bringing his metrics in to talk about what players do off the ball so you can judge a because that's how they do it in football right at the clubs well and I think uh, that a game like this would be seen differently yeah and I think you know you only have to look at Mudrick for example you know to see his performance in the last game you know where you know, and again, Harry takes a lot of credit for that. You know, when he says that, you know, what he was doing really well was decoy runs. You know, and the same with Sterling. Exactly, you know, they, were, they were they were decoy runners, and well, and they... that's and that to me is a really interesting strategic bit of progress. Hasn't quite worked at the moment because we don't have that killer punch in the middle. But you can see how it's going to work. It's what Arsenal were exploiting really well this season is the kind of runners off the ball. I mean, you know, they're they're absolutely smashing up the league with it. You know, it's 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 and a really important part of the game is what you do off the ball. You don't just suffer off the ball. You can create off the ball as well. But also, it's how we won the Champions League, Timo Werner. If Timo Werner doesn't make that decoy run, the space doesn't open up for Mason Mount to pass it in for Kai Havertz. This isn't something new either. This is something. No, of course it's not. Yeah, but this this is something that um, I was speaking to Frank LeBeouf about just before the World Cup and we were chatting and um, this is part of the interview, Kerry, but it's not going to go in the blueprint. But I, I was listening back but to it the other day. But we've got some great stuff yeah, from him for the no, blueprint. And, and I was, I, we, dub, we doubled up as a Chelsea interview and I was chatting to him about the World Cup for Chelsea and I said to him um, about the France 98 World Cup, I said, he goes, oh, what did you think of that French team? We're listing the players and I forgot to mention to Dan and he laughed. I said, but I told him my favourite player in that French team was Stefan Givash and he laughed and he said, why? I goes, because everything he did off the ball and he laughed and he went, hey man, I'm talking to someone who knows football and I was like, oh Frank, thank you so much. But he said, he goes, that's the truth. He goes, they love Stefan Givash in that team because of what he did off the ball. You look at Olivier Giroud to bring it up to a more modern times, what he did at Chelsea, off the ball. And I think what you see, and it's look, it's not working right now, but it's gonna it's gonna start working, either with Potter or without Potter. But you see the runs those players were making off the ball, and I think Havertz is starting to look ten times the player because he's playing in a more natural position for him, and what he's doing off the ball is great. Yeah, and I just and think that it's gonna come, it's gonna come. But obviously these individual errors are cost what well, they've cost us here. You know, yeah. but um it'll take time, you know, that that's the thing. But you can see also the way we're playing is allowing those little moments of magic to happen. I mean, Felix, some of the things that he did in the first half, when he got clattered and he got up and then he just did something I still don't quite know what he did. And then when he he was chasing the ball down to the wing and he went down on the ground to keep it in play, then managed to stand up and take it on and get past people and you just think people like that with the way this team is being set up to play it will suit them incredibly and I, I'm get, I'm getting excited even though the result's not great as we say we're not going to get Champions League this season so let's find a way to play use these games to get some experience into these young legs and young minds and then we can take it on from there and you know, if if we end up with people like Kante coming back, who we all thought we might get a look at uh, against Everton, he might be part of that spine if they finally manage to sort out his injury problems. Which they if say, they're throwing Kante in at the end as well, like that when exactly. he hasn't played since no August, no chance. Come that, on. I mean, again, you know, a lot a lot of people saying on. that is like you know Nonsense. really really. Nonsense. You know, the thing is, if we if we'd have as we should have done, and as I think any sensible person would say, seen that game out, which I think we probably should have done. They weren't really putting us under massive threat. We sat back. 
a little bit deeper. But we weren't under real pressure. And if we'd have seen that out, people would have left that stadium. Those subs would never have been mentioned again. It, w- it would have just been another win. You know, exactly. actually, what this is is a, is a stick to beat the manager with. And you know, if that's your game, if that's what gets you off, if, if that's if that's what makes you happy, you know, then then you know, have at it. But you know, for me, that's just it's looking at the wrong things. So it's looking it's looking in the wrong direction. Yeah, wrong trains, wrong directions. People are just going in the wrong way at the moment with all but, this. But, you know, so, listen, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Other opinions are available. All that stuff, you know. I mean, that's yeah. what, that's what you know, the, the, great, phrase. the great thing about about uh, about football is, is you can all go, well, I mean, you're all wrong, but, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. So, yeah, it's fine. Exactly. fine. Thank go- Enjoy thank yourself. Thank God for Andy's opinion. That's all I can say. <laughs> we can use that as the guiding light. For, well, look, I we're, we're Don't just, do that. look we're just about out of time um one other thing i just want to say is that we are actually on the chels feed our bonus episode this week will feature the first 15 minutes of the ken bates interview the ken bates tapes will be on this feed so you can hear that and then hopefully you'll be enticed to come and find the blueprint pod if you haven't subscribed and how would they find us kerry they will find us by looking us up at blueprint pod uh, blueprint underscore pod on twitter and social media and also they can look for a search their usual streaming platforms under the blueprint and that is what's the rest of the title of it how chelsea fc changed football kerry there you go that was yes. useless ah thanks very much useless. i wasn't expecting don't well, don't let kerry do that again gary no, so I, I will do it one more time. If you'd yeah. like to find the blueprint, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at blueprint underscore pod. However, you can also search for us on your favourite podcast platform, the blueprint colon how Chelsea FC changed football. That's how episode you do it, start dropping from Tuesday the twenty first of March at ten a.m. GMT. Almost, However, almost if you're in up. the US, because you're four hours behind at the moment, it will be 6 a.m. But if you're a PST, it will be 3 a.m. Thank uh, you. There you go, you can tell that, the bit that was read from a document and the bit that wasn't. why Gary gets paid the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? Oh, my God. Pay myself. There you go. Excellent. Well, look, um, what are you going to do for international break, Andy? Are you off to Antigua? Or I'm off to Los Angeles. I'm in Los oh. Angeles uh, in the early part of next week, and then I'm in New York. And then I'm coming Excellent. back on Saturday morning, and then we'll be very jet-lagged at the bridge for the Aston Villa game. Ah, yes, you will. Well, that's another train strike day. Uh, and Gary, your plans, you're off to America as well. so Going, going to the US on Thursday, and back on Wednesday morning, um, and I'll be fully bruised up. And, uh, and then I'm going to the Villa game. And uh, Ken Moncow and I meet him for a bit of lunch before with Alan Bird. There you go. And well, you, Kerry, going to go down to the village shop, buy some sausages? Is, is that what you're going to do for the international break? Yeah, probably. I'll get some lovely sausages. Really, the best sausages in town. you still got all, all right. that leftover Chinese to eat. Uh, <laughs> I've left that at Andy's place. I've already eaten it. it. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. MSG. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love right. it. Andy, Andy ate it the moment you left, Kerry. Yeah, I did. Going, oh, thank God, there was so much. <laughs> Karen <laughs> right, was look. like, what are you doing? Oh, no, it was eating all over far the bed. too quick. It's all over the face. It's all down your jumper and in your beard. Oh, probably all over his cigar as well. Uh, to, 
<laughs> right, look, we are out of time. Look, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you very much for chatting with us. Uh, as for everyone, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Until then, keep the faith and come on you blues. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.